Hello, emerging adults, and welcome to this month's episode of How to Adult with Psychi at Help, where we explore on how to be an adult. Because, frankly speaking, being an adult is like folding origami, and I have fat fingers. I'm your host, Shanine, and on today's menu, written thank yous, your mind will thank you. And joining us today is the one and only Dr. Eugene T who is so much more than just a lecturer and researcher on topics such as positive psychology and emotions at Help University. Dr. Eugene is also a papercraft enthusiast, Lego master, and if I recall, dabbling in the art of making cocktails. Anyway, it's wonderful to have you here, Dr. Eugene. Hello, Shanine. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I'll have to say, as flattering as that introduction was, I'm probably not half of the things that you described, but I like to dabble in a wide range of different interests. Um, I can still assemble uh, Lego models up until the, um, the, the creator expert level. I've not tried my hand at technique models. Um, I'm also quite proud to say that about a month ago, I assembled my own table. I didn't make the table, but I, I ordered a table in and managed to fix it in. Uh, and it still is holding up fine, right? So I'm quite happy about that. So thanks very much for having me, Shanine, and to the rest of the uh, Psychi chapter at Help. I think this is an excellent, excellent initiative. Well, thank you for being here. It actually means a lot of us, uh, a lot to us to have you here. So coming back to our content today, we'll be covering an interesting type of writing to wrap up our writer's week. And yes, I believe Dr. Eugene has already spoiled us for a little bit. So yes, we'll be talking about gratitude journaling today. And the writing that we are covering today is not so much of an art or a profession, but I would say it's more of a well-being kind of writing. And yes, it is known as gratitude journaling. And you may or may not have heard of this, but let's ask Dr. Eugene our first question. Are you ready? Yes, go ahead, Janine. Fantastic. So our first question is, what does it mean to gratitude journal? Hmm. I, I think uh, your initial description of writing, there's so many different forms and approaches to writing. Um, I get a sense that some of you might also be interested in more creative forms of writing maybe integrating some kind of uh, artistic expression into say your personal journals as well. I think in as much as there is the there is science informing us about the benefits of putting our emotions and experience down to paper, whether it's a physical paper or on Microsoft Word, um, I, I think it can also in some ways be an art. In, in this sense, I think the gratitude journaling that uh, we're going to be talking about today, you can make that yours by incorporating artistic elements as well. Sometimes we do find it difficult to put into words certain emotions, certain experiences that we're going through. Um, you know, at the very least, it could just mean including a picture that suggests or represents the emotional state and the experiences that you're going through. Uh, but just more generally, I wanted to introduce to you that gratitude journaling really is, to me at least, an extension of uh, the really good work that's come out from the narratives uh, literature. The principle behind it is fairly similar in that you put to paper, you make tangible your emotional experiences. And just more recently, I think uh, we have extended on that thanks to positive psychology to focus not just on all the unpleasant emotions, the challenges that you go through, but to also seek out and to focus on the pleasantness in your lives. In the sense, things that you're grateful for, things that you can bring to your attention 
as benefits, advantages, the blessings you have in your life. So I think uh, that's really in a nutshell how the science of you know expressive writing and um, how that actually also relates to what we uh, what you have referred to as gratitude journaling. It, it it's really beneficial for us to highlight and pay attention uh, to all those positives in our lives. Like you said, Janine, uh, since it's a difficult time to be grateful. No one can deny that. We're in the, still in the midst of a pandemic. Although cases are going down, there's still a lot of uncertainty as to how life will change moving forward. You, you should not try to force yourself to be grateful. I, I know for those of you who are like, you know, uh, achievement oriented, oh, I need to list, you know, three things that I'm grateful for today. And I need to list another three things tomorrow that I'm grateful for. Never force that. Uh, so this is why I like to consider the more balanced approach to writing, accepting and acknowledging the difficult emotions, but not forcing yourself to, to, to be grateful if you're not feeling it at that time, right? Acknowledge and accept, right? That, that helps you unpackage all those unpleasant emotions. But certainly if there are things that you are grateful for, I, I strongly encourage and recommend that you go ahead and write about those as well. Mm, I see. So yes, it does seem that we're speaking to someone with first-hand experience here. And yeah, it makes me feel a lot more eager and keen to try out the idea myself because mm -hmm. I like that you mentioned that we don't really necessarily need to force ourselves to list down everything that we're grateful for. Now that we've covered like the rough basics of gratitude journaling, and then we've mentioned a little bit about how we can uh, deal with those pleasant emotions, how to journal them out, also like to un, uh, to deal with the unpleasant ones and shift to the more shift focus to the more positive ones. Mm -hmm. But digging deeper into the science of journaling or you know from a positive psychology or an emotions perspective, how does gratitude journaling differ from other types of journaling? So the foundations for expressive writing are essentially uh, from Dr. James Pennebaker, right? So he's a guy who started click-clacking on his typewriter and started typing about um, all his um, emotional experiences, however unpleasant they may be. So I, I really think gratitude journaling is an extension of that. And I think at the very core of, um, of gratitude journaling is the fact that we draw our attention to and we try to amplify as much you know, the pleasant experiences. We do know, and I keep saying this, like it's almost like a broken record, the bad is stronger than the good, the negative always leaves a stronger scar on our, our daily experiences, right? And they last longer as well. There's scientific research to tell us that one of the longest lasting emotions is sadness, right? So if you think about joy, when you think about, you know, delight, you know, it, it seems to come, um, you know, quickly, and then it dissipates almost just as quickly as well. So really the bad is stronger than the good. So in recognition of this fact, I think underlying the science of why gratitude journaling is important is to tip the scales a little bit more in the balance of, uh, in, in favor of the positive, I should say. So if you find yourself in this situation, I, I think I speak to the people who are you know, I, I think we have a very high achievement drive like yourself, Shanine, uh, is to list one thing over the course of the week that you can feel grateful for. And certainly not five a day, right? This is not like your five fruits and vegetables a day. It's not like <laughs> a diet uh, that you stick with, right? Just one thing, one thing that went well for you over the week. And I think you will find that over time, once you habituate yourself to it's paying a little bit more attention, right? And I think you mentioned a little bit that we're going to talk about mindfulness as well to shift our attention towards the positives. That is going to... Um, uh, play out better for us in the long term. Mm. So 
I would like to um, further expand on what you have mentioned, because you did say that uh, I would say excessive gratitude would be quite counterintuitive to our own um, gratitude as well, to our own happiness, our own mm. well-being. So how likely is it that um, gratitude journaling would end up becoming towards more on the toxic positivity spectrum because mm. I do believe that some people who are very into well-being they may take gratitude journaling to can I say an extreme yep. and when that happens then we can quote and say that oh you are going to the more toxic positive side so how mm. is likely is that to happen I, I think we should be careful as well uh, I completely agree here Shanine in saying that we must set a target for how happy we will be in fact a lot of the um, the research evidence on positive emotions right uh, tell us that if you aim for, you strive for, you try to make that positive, pleasant emotional state a goal, it, it works against your happiness in the long run. I, I would imagine that uh, the same applies for gratitude as well. Thank you, Dr. Yiji, which I think now is the perfect time to talk about Dr. Eugene's books. So while Dr. Eugene has written quite a few, I think the one how to adult would like to highlight today is the title being Mindfulness and Emotions, Understanding Your Mind and the Benefits of Being Present. So the link to more information on Dr. Eugene books are available on our chat. So do check it out as well. And while we're on that topic, uh, Dr. Eugene, could you tell us about uh, the benefits of mindfulness as described on your book and how can it be linked to the benefits that we see in gratitude journaling? Absolutely. Um, so great question and a great segue as well from gratitude to mindfulness. I want, I want to acknowledge that the book is, uh, that the lead author for the book is my, my friend and colleague, uh, Sandy Clark. He's a psychotherapist with the Department of Psychology, um, and he renders services to CPCS as well. Uh, so Sandy and I have written that book on mindfulness and emotions, and certainly Sandy has much more experience, practical experience with practice of mindfulness but essentially what we have seen from recent research and i'm gonna pick another book just to um, complement what we've made uh, the claims that we made in mindfulness and emotions it's a book called altered traits by uh, goldman and davidson right so dan goldman and richard davidson who are experts in the field uh, daniel goldman might be familiar to some of you as the author of emotional intelligence. So what the research essentially tells us is at its very core, um, I, I don't mean to oversimplify this, but mindfulness and mindfulness meditation at its very core, what it does is to harness and to sharpen our attention. So it's a form of attentional training that directs our attention away from, you know, impulsive reactive responses, which we often um, find ourselves engaging in is that in addition to automaticity and mindlessness, mind wandering. So it's essentially sharpening the attention to direct it towards things, uh, you know, and, and stimuli experiences in a much more, uh, in a spirit of non-judgmentalness and even curiosity. So contrast non-judgmentalness, contrast non-reactivity, contrast automaticity with a more deliberate way of approaching um, our lives. So I, I think uh, the, the link here that I see between mindfulness and gratitude is to shift that attention away. I think automatically, right, uh, our thoughts are scattered all over the place. They're not still, right? And one way in which we can, um, you know, cultivate a greater sense of well-being is to shift that attention and be more mindful of what's going on and then taking necessary steps to draw that to things that we, we can be, that we are grateful for. 
Oh, that's a very, very thorough explanation. Oh, and <laughs> I mean, it was very, very detailed and I really, really appreciate that. And I think that's quite um, interesting. And also I find it quite relatable to a sense. I think there's be a last question or second last question before we take in some questions for the, from the audience. Mm -hmm. um, the question is, can you give our audience a few tips and tricks on how to get started with gratitude journaling? Because it's not an easy thing to be mm. mindful. And especially right now, it's not really easy to focus on the more positive things. And because of that, all of us are super overwhelmed with all our lives. So how is it that we can see gratitude journaling as a practical and relatively easy habit to start? Great. Uh, that's a great question, uh, Shanine. Uh, how do we start with gratitude journaling? Well, you don't have to write every day, uh, but you'll find that the more... Uh, you habituate yourself into this practice, you find that it's almost natural and normal that you will write about your day's events and the things that you're grateful for at a certain set period in time. And you notice as well that if we are not mindful about what we had, like what you guys had, what, what did you all have last, last Tuesday, for instance? I don't think anyone here remembers what they had for their meal, right? But at the very moment, at the day itself, when you're reflecting on the day's events, if you really did enjoy that meal, I think it's a simple matter simple thing to do is to just say that, you know, I enjoyed this, you know, I've not had this in a while, I've been craving this for a while, and I managed to enjoy it, right, my mom or my, or, you know, if you're really um, uh, fortunate enough to have your friends send over some meals over to you, right, and say, oh, special delivery, you know, I just wanted to uh, uh, relay my regards, hope that you're keeping well, things like this, I think we need to emphasize a lot more during this time. Um, other more practical suggestions, I would say you don't have to write every day, right? So before you throw your hands up in the air and say that, oh my gosh, I already have so much, so many things to do over the course of the day. Now I have to do this one additional thing. No, don't. Um, I find it useful when I first was starting up, right? To just write once every week. So on Sunday evenings, for instance, right? So just to summarize, don't have to force yourself to do it. I think this was one of the main themes that we covered. You don't have to write every day, right? You don't even have to set a target to say, I must list five things by the end of this week that I'm grateful for. If it's just one thing, then it's just one thing, right? And once you shift your attention more towards the positive, you're more mindful of your thought processes and the emotions that you experience. I think it just becomes a, a habit. You might then change from writing once a week to maybe twice a week. You have a midweek review and a, and a week review. And if you like to, nothing's stopping you from writing every day. Again, not every day has to be, you know, the best day ever, right? And certainly don't set a competition between the day saying that my Monday must be better than last Monday or this Friday must be better than my Thursdays or Wednesdays. No, I think each day is unique on its own. It's going to be filled with ups and downs, but, you know, what you really want to do is shift a little bit more attention to the ups rather than the downs. And so thank you for your tips, Dr. Eugene. And okay. I hope our audience has found those tips to be helpful because yeah, now I'm really certainly more motivated to try it out. So now let's head back to our audience questions. And I believe um, our first emerging adult, he did apologize that it's a bit of a long one, but he says, I've always been bad at writing in general, and I'm worried if I may actually suck at gratitude journaling, and so I've never tried it. Is it fine to even write little things like maybe certain words, even if they aren't full sentences? I remember that you've mentioned you wrote about your people that you hanged 
with one day. And I was just curious, would that be like a list of names? Or do you write a bit more than just the names? As a beginner, are there certain formats I could follow? Or would you recommend to do just as I please? Hmm. Thank you for that question. And please don't apologize for long questions. Usually when I see long questions, it suggests that the, the person asking questions thought about what they wanted to ask and they've reflected upon the experiences. It certainly looks like you have reflected on your experiences. I'm going to try to answer each question. Uh, is it fine to write about little things? Yes, certain words. Um, I, I'm not sure whether the, the scientific evidence bears this out, but you might want to try, right? If it's just listing three things in accordance with what Seligman has, has recommended, bullet points ought to do it, right? So you don't have to write full paragraphs, bullet point one. I, I enjoyed, say, a, a, a lovely dish of I don't know. I am thinking about curry right now because I've not had curry in a while, right? So I've enjoyed a lovely dish from curry right, that my friend sent over, right? It was a surprise. Uh, she sent it over through, through grab delivery, for instance. So one bullet point for one key thing or one incident, right? One event that you are grateful for. Yeah, so I did share, I think uh, you were in, um, I think you took positive psychology with me and I shared one of the things I'm grateful for, uh, the times in which we were able to hang out, right? pre-pandemic era, right? So heading out with colleagues and celebrating a, a birthday. So yeah, you, you could uh, use pictures, right? You don't have to um, write about it in too much detail. I think just looking at the picture and then just really just reflecting upon the emotions, experiences uh, that you, you had with these individuals, I think that would also uh, be sufficient to generate a sense of gratitude. Uh, as a beginner, are there certain formats I'll follow? No, um, there, there is a template and you know why there is a template, uh, Daryl, because we need to standardize the treatment and the interventions if you're running, uh, say, experiments, right? Uh, field experiments in this case. Uh, so you can use that format, but if, if you want a slightly easier start, I would say just begin with writing, or, or in this case, not even writing, right? bullet pointing those three things that you're grateful for at the end of every week and see how that goes for you. All right, and I hope that answers your question, fellow emerging adult. Um, our third question is, are there potential health benefits to practicing gratitude? Sam, that sounds like your research question, right, for your thesis. But, uh, <laughs> okay. There is at least one study that tells us, right, that um, between the intervention group, that is the group that actually wrote about uh, the, the, the physical ailments, I believe, this one study, right, uh, that they were going through. I think they were going through some mental health uh, difficulties as well. They, they reported uh, fewer visits to the physicians. They visited the doctor less often. As for direct physical health benefits, so if we're talking about you know, improvements to cardiovascular health. I'm not entirely sure. I've not come across studies yet, but I imagine if such evidence uh, for it exists, uh, that that study will be published fairly, fairly quickly. And so, yes, I hope that answers your question. Who knew that we could add in like thesis queries here that and there know. where we can? <laughs> <laughs> so our next question would be, do you think if we write negative things inside our journal, it would actually help us more as compared to gratitude events in terms of expressing and relieving stressful events of our life? Hmm. I, I think, Adam, that's a, that's a great question. And I think that's a, a possible research question that you could assess. I, I think, uh, if memory serves me right, uh, Dr. Ditto was, was uh, interested in the different forms of journaling. 
uh, we had a former student as well who's gone on to uh, do a PhD. She also did the differences between whether we're journaling about, uh, I, I believe very vague recollection of her, her study now, whether we're journaling about things that we're grateful for or whether we are you know, putting down uh, to paper things that may not necessarily be pleasant, right? But we're still putting down to paper as well. So we're almost talking about the differences between just normal journaling and journaling uh, um, focused on gratitude events. I don't think I can give a precise answer to this, not knowing uh, you know, if research has compared directly, published research that has compared between those two. So I'm, I will suggest, however, that they can complement one another, right? Depending on what you need to process, depending on not what your experiences are, right? Maybe start more generally first, good and bad, right? On some days, right, you'll need to uh, and, and you have the opportunity to focus on more of the positives, right? And so on those days, I think it's just easier. If you're not too tired, not too stressed, you've not had too much of a stressful day. I think uh, our, our resources, so to speak, our psychological resources are more attuned to be able to pay attention to the positives. It's very, very difficult to be grateful at the end of a very, very hard day, right? So definitely don't force yourself to if you've had like... Um, difficulties in your assignments and you know you've got into an argument with your parents you know the worst day you could possibly imagine i'm not going to be the one to suggest to you that okay at the end of the day you should be grateful right you should still find ways to be grateful that that's completely inconsistent with your with your emotional tone at the end of the day so for those days adam it might be useful to put down to paper and to journal all those unpleasant emotions put them out there onto paper right and on some days in which you find that, you know what, things are going okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I've made progress. But today was, was fairly okay. It was bearable, right, at the very least. I think in those days, it would certainly be easier to find things to be grateful for. Long story short, I don't think those two approaches need to be opposite of one another. They don't have to be antagonistic to one another. I, I believe they are complementary uh, in helping you enhance your well-being. All right. Thank you, Dr. Eugene. Um, okay, I believe we have about two more questions. So the second last question would be, most of the time, I find it hard to notice what can be what I can be grateful for, even if it's a very small thing. I don't feel I'm sincerely grateful for it. So at the end of the day, there's nothing that I can be grateful for. Is there any advice that you can give regarding this? Yeah, so this is a question by Yisin, right? So don't don't beat yourself up, don't fault yourself, you know, don't 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 um, claim or assume that there's something wrong with you. I know there are differences in in uh, in, in gratitude, right? So we have measures. I know we talked a lot about cultivating momentary um, gratitude through through journaling, right? But some individuals score higher or lower on trait gratitude. So your baseline gratitude score, it may not necessarily be. A, an emotion that you take uh, take to very easily, right? So maybe low on trait gratitude. I, I would say you might want to vary uh, the, the different approaches. So if trait, uh, sorry, if cultivating gratitude to gratitude journey does not work for you, Yisin, you might consider other things to be grateful for or other emotions that you want to cultivate instead. Maybe start with, right, um, just journaling about your experiences. Uh, very broadly, all, all the good and the bad. Maybe you can try cultivating instead optimism. Uh, I'm just going to steal the idea as well, Shanine. You could write about uh, ways in which you are compassionate towards yourself. So self-compassionate writing is another form. It, it's a different uh, you know, set of literature entirely, right? But uh, there are exercises revolving around self-compassion, right? Writing about 
uh, to yourself as you would a friend, right? So it, it sounds to me, you think that you are a uh, high achiever. I think anyone who's here, I automatically classify as a high achiever, isn't it? So yep, achieve that, what's next, right? So I, I think maybe to balance that up, you, see, you might want to consider writing about things that you are appreciative of, thankful for, that you, you, um, you acknowledge, you respect, and you love yourself for, right, at the end of the day. So if it's not something external to yourself, you might want to think about, okay, what did I manage to accomplish today that I feel I can be reasonably, I can be genuinely proud of, and what can I say to myself, right, to encourage myself uh, that I am a good person, I've done the best that I can, right, I'm heading in the right path, I've been, I've been kind to my friends, so other um, other anchors, if you will, for your well-being and not just something that is external to yourself that you are grateful for. Wow. So I hope that answers your question, fellow emerging adult. Thank you, Dr. Eugene. And thank you so much for answering all of the questions because, yes, that is the last question that we can take for today. So to wrap everything up, um, in the spirit of continuing our how to adult tradition, we're going to ask you to send your emerging adult self a message. So we'll give you some time to think about what would 18 to 25 year old Eugene needed to hear. So what message do you have for your younger self? Wow, this is like the most difficult question. <laughs> There's so many things I want to say to that, to that young punk version of myself <laughs> um can i be just a little bit lighthearted and say okay number one don't pierce your ears thankfully it's it's not a problem <laughs> i need uh, some backstory on that yeah no you're not gonna get it so i would say don't <laughs> pierce your ears secondly long hair does not look good on you um and third no she only likes you as a friend okay i think i'll leave it as as is um but but if you want a slightly more serious though i think um you know there, there'll always be a lot of people telling you how you should be living your life and what you should be doing as a lot of noise that comes from people right who have not lived your life they certainly have not had your experience they don't know your background so it's and you don't they don't know your backstory same as you know the person here is just typed out in all caps right it's pierced ears a very long time ago uh the the piercing has since closed up right so thank goodness the evidence is no longer there uh but ne never to live your life as imposed by another individual's or another person's expectations um easier said than done in a collectivist culture like ours we want to adhere to we don't really want to stand out we want to conform we want to fulfill our parents wishes but i i would think that your life is yours to live and you want to define yourself right based on what you want your interests your skills your your strengths um, you, you can obviously pay attention to right, what people say and their suggestions, but no one should know you better than yourself. And based on that knowledge, right, a, a really intimate understanding of who you want, what you stand for, your values, your likes, your dislikes, your interests, your disinterests, then make that decision on your own. By all means, I'm not asking you to tune out every single individual, but I will say that not everyone is worth listening to. Thank you so much, Dr. Eugene. Even though that message was technically for a younger self, I say that this message of 
finding out who you are as a person, you know, to tune out all the noise is something one that all of us can relate very much because I believe we're in that period of our lives where we struggle to find our identity as a person, but at the same time, the identity that society or our family expects us to have. And with that, I believe that marks the end of our episode today. On behalf of the Emerging Adults audience and the Psychi team, thank you, Dr. Eugene, for being on our show today. And to our audience, I hope that this would help you to start writing your gratitude journal thing soon. So remember, written thank yous, your mind will thank you. And once again, I am your host, Janine, and thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Goodbye, everyone.